You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. We left off last week. Menuchas HaNefesh means equanimity, having a peace of mind. Now, last week we started talking about the importance of equanimity as a tool for, as a result of emunah. When a person has proper faith, they're going to have a calmer demeanor. They'll be more relaxed. Okay. Today, I want to talk about it from the opposite. If we have equanimity, we have a lot of good things coming to us in our lives. Okay. And that's what I want to talk about today. Our sages tell us that one should not allow the, their spirit to rush to anger. All right. A person should be careful that they should not rush to anger. So what do you need in order not to rush? You need to have a little bit of equanimity. You need to have a little bit of calmness in your life. All right. I want to share with you the Ramchal. The Ramchal is, is the book we learn every Monday night at Muslim Mondays. And Ramchal, over 200 years ago, wrote a remarkable, in the second chapter, he talks exactly about this idea. Okay, I want to read it to you. He says, consider that the folly of this way of life, of being busy all the time, is obvious. Why is it so difficult for men to avoid? So he says like this, However, this is actually one of the tactics of the Yetzahara, the evil inclination, and its cunning. Adam, to burden people's minds constantly with toil. That's the Yetzirah's job. Keep us busy so we don't have time to consider. One second, maybe I'm going down the wrong path. Maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Maybe, no, we don't have any menuchas and We don't have any time for that. Ad to the point where they are not left with free time to contemplate and examine the which path in life they are traveling. I don't know. I don't know how I got here. I, I had a, a, a study partner of mine who was at the time, I think he was 63 years old. He says, where were you 40 years ago? Because now I'm here, for 63 years old, without direction, without any objective. He, his, his goal was to make a lot of money, but not to build a beautiful family. Not to, and he did that, but he doesn't have the family he always wanted. He doesn't have the true values that he really wished for. to even consider what path in life they're traveling. who for the Yetzahara knows she that if people would pay just a bit more attention to their ways, they would undoubtedly begin to reconsider their improper actions immediately. And their regret of their misdeeds would grow continually stronger until ultimately they would forsake the path of sin completely. Hence, to prevent people from breaking with habit and improving their ways, the Yetzahara employs the tactic of keeping them too preoccupied to think seriously about their path in life. Such a tactic was actually employed in ancient times by a human oppressor. Does anybody know who that is? Pharaoh utilized exactly this, this tactic. What did he do? 
Vihari Zome in Atas Paro Harasha. This is similar to the plan of Pharaoh, the wicked king of Egypt. Sha'amar, for he said, when Moses and Aaron appeared before him to petition for the release of the Israelites, let their work be even heavier upon the men and let them not pay attention to false words. For Pharaoh intended not to leave the Israelites any free time at all. So that they should not be able to even consider rebellion or formulate a plot against them. Got that? Isn't that amazing? We don't want you to even have a moment to consider rebelling against us. You know what we're going to do? We're going to make you build towers in quicksand. We're going to make you build more towers in quicksand. We're going to make, right, just so that you are endlessly, imagine 210 years of almost 3 million people working for free. All you have to give them is bread and water and whip them to death, right, till they work and do what you need them to do, free labor. Imagine, every bridge will be built already. How long does it take to build bridges? Free labor. You don't have any unions. Get to work 24 hours a day. Let's go. Just don't even give them a moment off because you give them, they're going to fight, figure out a way to rebel. Pharaoh intended not to leave the Israelites with any free time at all. So they should not be able to consider rebellion and formulate a plot against them. Rather, he endeavored to divert their minds from any contemplation or peace of mind or equanimity we're talking about of such matters through the pressure of constant unremitting labor so too is the is precisely the strategy of the yetzahara that he employs upon people for the Yetzahara is a great warrior experienced in cunning and trickery. And it is impossible to escape the Yetzahara, except through wisdom and great foresight. This is the Ramchal. He told us this idea 200 years ago. The Ramchal knew that having a phone, I'll tell you, there's an amazing thing. And I want to, I want to, we're going to elaborate on this a little bit later. But they did a research on how Fortune 500 uh, company executives, how do they maintain productivity? How do they maintain productivity? And it is unbelievable. You know that the majority of them wake up very early in the morning and they don't look at their phones. They don't look at their tablets. They don't look at their computers. They'll listen to an inspiring podcast. They'll get on the treadmill. They'll go swimming. They'll do things to clear their mind. And many of them indicated in interviews that they don't look at their phone till 10, 11 o'clock in the morning so that they can get their agenda done. And then they can start responding to other people's agendas. If you ever notice, what is what happens on our phones, what we get, all these different messages and notifications and what is that? that? That's your agenda or is that someone else's agenda? Usually that's someone else's agenda. That's someone else's worries or concerns, which is important. But if you're only going to be worried about that, if you're only going to be 
busy with that, you're not gonna have time for yourself. It is such an important thing. If we want to attain this great trait of equanimity, what we need is to take time that is uninterrupted, whether that be a vacation once in a while, that's great. But we need to have it on a daily basis. We need to have it on a weekly basis. Now, on a weekly basis, we have Shabbos. That's the gift of Shabbos. Shabbos is a time to just completely refresh. But every day we need to have time which is uninterrupted, which is time we can just ponder great thoughts. Time that we have uninterrupted that we can think, am I even doing what I want to be doing? Am I happy? Am I feeling fulfilled? Am I accomplishing what I set out to accomplish? If we don't put a time aside to have without interruption, then we'll just be robots. We'll be robots. And this is what Pharaoh wanted. What Pharaoh wanted of the Jewish people in Egypt, don't take, don't give them time to think. Because the minute the Jewish people have time to think, they're going to plan a rebellion. And we can't afford the Jewish people to take us over, to win us. That is what we're talking about here is having a certain peace of mind, a calmness that overcomes a person, that a person can say, you know something? I've thought this through. I know my objectives, I know my goals, and now I'm moving forward. And that's what we need to be busy with. We need to be busy with finding a way every single day to just have time for ourselves. Okay? Very, very important. We mentioned last week something called hisbonimus, which is the uh, time that people, particularly of Hasidic cultures, that they go into a forest or they go someplace quiet and they just isolate for an hour, 20 minutes, however much time you can for it to be effective and enjoyable. That is a very good custom for people to do. It's a good thing to just have time to unplug and now enjoy life and now enjoy your time with yourself. Go for people don't spend time with themselves. Every minute they have to be busy with something. Go to the coffee shop and don't look at your phone. Go for a walk yourself. Sit in your house and don't look at the television. And don't look at your computer. Just enjoy your own peace of mind. Okay? So practice getting into a habit of overcoming and act, overcoming anger and acting calmly even when an upsetting situation arises. So if an upsetting situation arises, try to maintain your calmness. Maintain your, your tranquility, so to speak. Right? Your calmness, your inner peace. Right. Recall how anger causes one's intellect to disappear. Okay. Understanding. So like this, calmness is a sign of great understanding, but foolishness, short temperedness displays foolishness. That's what Proverbs, King Solomon says in Proverbs 14, 27. Again, calmness is a sign of great understanding, but foolishness, short temperedness displays, displays foolishness. Okay, a sign of a man's intellect is his calmness. That's also in King, King Solomon. You want to know someone's intellect? See how they are when they're calm. See how they are with challenging situations, how they stay calm. They're able to, okay. Uh, anger means I'm rough, I'm tough, I'm hard, I'm stiff, but it also means I'm in pain. Anger is pain. Calmness is pleasure. Anger doesn't come from a good place. 
anger, I'm in pain, so I react that way. What's this tranquility is when, ah, I'm happy. Everything's great, okay? Calmness means I'm soft, I'm pleasant, I'm balanced, I'm mature, I'm forgiving. I don't hold a grudge. If we look through history, we see Cain and Abel. Anger caused and inspired the murder and revenge. It was anger. He was jealous. Right? So one trait, one bad trait led to another bad trait, led to another bad trait. And before you know it, his brother's dead. If he only had a little bit of equanimity, he only had a little bit of calmness of menuchas anefesh, right? The problem, we're in a world today where everybody gets so, you know, I saw something repulsive today trending on Twitter. I don't want to get into who you vote for. It's not, it's not my business. It's not, it's not, right? We're not, we're beyond politics. We're trying to talk about character and being a great person. And, but every, all sides are trying to be self-righteous. That's so low. How can someone tweet like that? And how can someone write like that? And how can someone talk like that? Everyone's about someone else. And now you see people are, are trending a tweet, a, a hashtag about the, you know, the passing of the brother of, of the president. So their new thing that the left is going after the right now is wrong, hashtag wrong Trump. God took the wrong one. Isn't this the people, the same people who are saying constantly that we have to hold a higher standard, we have to act morally, we have to act with dignity, we have to act with respect, we have to act. And suddenly when it pleases people, and to me, I'm always, I'm an independent. So I stand in the middle of the road and I look, right? And I decide case by case. But I voted this way and I voted that way. But the idea here is that the self-righteousness that people always cling to shows its true colors when it's not real. When it's not real and someone is triggered, suddenly, oh, I can say anything I want because I hate this person or I love that person and everything, everything they do is fine. So we have, to, we have to be very, very, very careful. It really is that people are angry, so it doesn't make any sense. We see with uh, Yaakov and Esau, it really is an amazing story of Jacob and his brother Esau. It's, Yaakov was the uh, younger brother. He was born second. The older brother was Esau. So Esau gets the double portion. But Esau was dedicated to a life of materialism. So Jacob, who was dedicated to a life of spirituality, says, I want to connect to God. I want to be holier and spiritual. You want physical. So when Esau asked him for the soup, he says, oh, you want the physical? Give me the spiritual. I'll give you the physical, but you take the, I'll take the spiritual. Right? What is the spiritual? I want the blessing. <laughs> blessing. Who cares about blessing? Give me the soup. I'm hungry. So they made a fear, even Stephen deal. Okay? They made a deal, and he gets his physical. He gets his spiritual. Comes years, and then Esau gets upset that he stole his blessing. What are you getting upset? You made a deal. Oh, you don't like the deal. Okay, so you shouldn't have made the deal, but you made the deal. Okay, so now he's angry at his brother. He wants to kill him. They meet 21 years later, 22 years later, and now he's about to meet his brother. What what would you do if you knew that your sibling was so angry at you, they wanted to kill you, and you're about to meet them? What does Jacob do? He prepares in three ways. He prepares, he splits the camp, right? So half go here, half go there. Then he prays. 
in doing so, that was the sign of arms. They took up arms in case he needs to fight. He also prayed. But more importantly, as sages tell us, he bought gifts for his brother. What's the purpose of gifts? Keep him calm. Jacob understood the importance of a person staying calm, of a person staying, because if he becomes angry, he'll get irrational. He'll get crazy. He'll do anything. He might kill us all. He might murder us all. Let's keep him calm. How do you keep him calm? That was Jacob's objective here is let's keep Asaph calm. Because the minute the tempers flare, every, anything can happen. I heard a ter- tragic story last week. A group of young, young uh, 20-year-olds were on a beach. And they got into a fight with another group. One of them ended up dying. Gunshot wound. You think, what happened that got them into this dispute? A little argument. Hey, can you pick up your bottle and throw it in the garbage instead of throwing it here on the beach? I don't know what the argument was. I wasn't there. But imagine what could it be already that they argue that gets them to a point of murdering another human being. But tempers flare. Tempers flare. One raised their voice. One said something obnoxious to the other. So what happens at the end? They killed someone last week. Terrible. Because people don't know how to contain themselves. They don't know how to keep that equanimity. So when something doesn't go my way, I go crazy. And people don't know how to react. We see the same thing with Joseph and his brothers. They were bitter and they took revenge. And we were all punished as a result of that. And we all became slaves because of that. You sent Joseph down to Egypt. Guess what? All of you are going to go down to Egypt. You're all going to become slaves. Okay? Moshe said to the Jewish people, he said, listen, you rebels. Shimonah Rebels, come. And he brings them around the rock. What was his punishment? He wasn't allowed into Israel. Sages tell us that it wasn't that he hit the rock. That wasn't the issue. The issue was that he called the Jewish people rebels. That's what you call my people? Guess what? You're not going to get the opportunity to see them in their land. David remained calm and forgave Saul. King Solomon says, he says, go, he says, a, a wise person loves the person who critiques him. A wise person loves someone who critiques him. Why? Because it's free self-help. You don't have to go to the store to buy a book on self-help. Ask someone who, who criticizes you, elaborate. Tell me a little bit more. You said that I'm selfish. You said that I'm whatever it is that you said. Guess what? I want to hear more. You know what that does? That, that's a free self-help book. It tells you about yourself. Instead of being angry at that person, love them for it. That's what King Solomon says. A wise person will love his criticizer. because He doesn't get angry. He sees it as a free class in self-help. Someone is willing to assist me for free. That's incredible. Someone uh, actually in one of the classes, I don't recall who I usually write down when someone gives me one of these tidbits, but someone said that before you get angry, halt. What is halt? H-A-L-T. Are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you lonely? Are you tired? Person says to himself, if a person's tired, so just recognize if someone else is angry, they might just be tired and they're not really, they're not angry. They're just tired, so they're, or they're lonely, or they're upset about something, right? Before you react, 
the trait of equanimity is having that calmness, having a, pl- a pleasantness about yourself at all times. The nature of the Yetzirah is to busy us endlessly, like we mentioned before, and to be uncalm. Being too busy is regarded by our sages as an illness. One who is too busy, our sages tell us, is considered ill. In the yeshiva in Kelm, if you didn't have a pleasantness of consciousness, a pleasantness of mind, you were considered ill in the yeshiva. Is that amazing? Pretty crazy, right? Peacefulness and calmness gives a person control over their faculties. You have time to plan. You have time to evaluate. You have time to organize. You have time to choose. You have time to focus. That a person needs to have that ability, that that peace of mind. We're too confused in our culture to focus on what's important. Yeah, you think of our world that we're living in today, right? The world we're living in today is, is total chaos, right? Plus, you find people who are less and less caring about anything. You don't care about anything anymore. They used to once they cared about this, they cared about today, we don't care about anything. Today, everything, if it's not on my phone, I don't care. And there's a whole generation of, not, I wouldn't even say millennials, I would say teenagers today, that everything is on social media, everything's on TikTok. They're not even living in an internal world. Everything is about the outside, about what they're displaying for their friends. And how many times do we walk on the street or and see people taking the same selfie of themselves with a different face, with a different angle, with a different, right? You ever see that? Right? I saw it in New York, right? You see a person standing there in the same place for 20 minutes taking pictures of themselves, which one, and then they're going to have to pick through on their phone which one is the best one, and that's the one they're going to post, right? It's like they're living in a world which is all display for everyone else without living with an internal world. It's a very terrible thing because what do you want? I don't know. What does everybody else want? I'll do what everyone else wants. Instead of knowing what you want, it's a very big challenge that I believe our generation, our children, are going to face if they continue on this trend. Some people get, it's funny because my father tells me, he says, thank God I raised my children before technology like this was out. He says, thank God. He says, I got you out before the smartphones hit the market. You know, it's like, which is is, uh, obviously funny, but thank you very much. I have the children growing up in this generation. And by the way, you should just know that's one of the things that I explain to my children that uh, those who do have phones, my older children do, and my younger children, I told them I made that mistake already. I'm not, I'm not giving you phones. I'm sorry. You can use my phone when you need it. You can use my wife's phone when you need it or mommy's phone, right? But you cannot use You cannot have your own. I see that it's not healthy. It really is not healthy. So when you're older, you can make your own decisions. But while you're under my roof, I'm going to set certain rules. But even those who do have, I, have, I, st- I put on their phones, and this is mandatory for them to have a phone, not only filters, but a controlling device where I can control when it's on, when it's off. I can turn my kids' phones off. If you want to see them come here in two minutes, not even, right? I'll turn off their phones and it's locked. There's nothing they can do to unlock it. There's no hack for it. There's no way for them to get out of it. And the idea is that kids today get too immersed in it and there needs to be a way for them to get out of it. And sometimes they need help getting out of it. And that's why it's there, right? It's not only to call them to the dinner table. That works very well as well. But they, they have a job that they need to do. They have a task that they need to do. And they get carried away because now their friend is, the, you know what? 
turn it off. And us as adults, sometimes we need to get that, we need to harness that power of being able to just turn things off so that we can focus on what's really important. Some people get completely discombobulated with any slight change in their life. Something that's unexpected, something that's un, right, it's out of their control. We need to practice our musr of a calmness and steadiness, even when circumstances change. Something changes on you, it's okay. You get you know, the, the typical classic uh, example is uh, someone's going to the airport and they get a text message from the airline that their flight was delayed. Right? What do people do? People go crazy. Right? And relax. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Now, understandably, people are heading to a wedding and people are going to a bar mitzvah or people are going wherever. They're going on vacation. They don't want it to be cut short. I understand these, these things happen. But the idea is if a person is able to maintain a sense of calmness, then they don't bounce off the wall and they don't go crazy. They're able to absorb the things that happen that are not according to schedule. It's fine. Okay. Calmness and peacefulness are important and necessary for applying any change in our lives. If you want to change, you have any habit, any character trait that you want to modify or adjust, there's only one way you can do it, is if you have this trait of equanimity, of balance, of peacefulness, right? In the military, what do they train you in the military? To stay focused. Stay focused. Stay calm. Stay. You have to know what your objective objectives are. Even while dodging bullets, you've got to stay focused. You don't go, oh, forget it. I'm out of here, right? That would be a lack of equanimity. Can't do that. Under pressure, you got to learn how to deal with under pressure situations. People in a car accident, right? There are different ways people react. Hopefully, Hashem should protect us. We should never have any type of incident or accident. But if someone is, some people go crazy. It's my car, what's wrong with you? Why don't you look where you're driving? Put your phone down. I, you've seen many different ways people react to an accident. Calmness. Calmness. Okay? Now, we spoke a few, uh, I think we spoke about order. Previously, the trait of order of Seder. And it's important to, to note that when someone has the trait of order, it's easier to have equanimity. So a lot of these traits are built one on another. And if you want to get to a certain stage, they have to have certain foundations laid. Like you can't build the top, the, the roof of the house without having the walls. And you can't have the walls if you don't have the foundation. Each one needs to be built layer on layer. And if you don't have order, it's very difficult to get to equanimity. Okay, it says the Talmud says, Yilamid Adam is no, a person should always teach his child a trade, Nikiah, one that is clean, the Kala, and one that is easy for him, the Yispalel, he should pray to he who all wealth is in his hands. So, one second, the Talmud is telling us what is obligated on the father. Teach him a trade. Teach him a trade that is clean. Clean meaning that is honest. Should teach him a trade that is not going to uh, dirty his life. 
And then it says, okay, and pray to the one. What does prayer have to do with it? I teach him a job and that's it. Because prayer is the element that's most important. Great for you to teach him a, a good trade, a good business. Great. Train him, send him to school, get him educated, get him. That's great. But if you don't have the element of prayer, which means that you're ready to let go and accept Hashem's. How many people do we know that are doctors and lawyers and, 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 and accountants and, and don't have livelihoods? And how many people do we know that didn't finish high school that do have livelihoods? Very good ones, like Michael Dell, right? You think of Michael Dell, never finished school, dropped out of college. Doesn't seem like he has a financial issue. Pretty remarkable. Person has to have a relationship with Hashem. That is the key to all of equanimity. Saying Hashem Olakim, God is the master of the universe. When we talk about equanimity, when we talk about having a calmness and a peacefulness, a pleasantness, it comes by virtue of one being willing to deal with situations that is beyond his control. If we're ready to deal with, to, to allow situations that are beyond our control, we can have success in this. If we have to be in control of everything, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It just doesn't work. All right? So, my dear friends, my proposal is as follows. I would like to make a proposal. I, uh, whenever we do this in our classes, to accept something new on ourselves, my proposal, I would like to ask if we can all perhaps join together this week. Try it for seven days. Okay? Uh, today's Sunday, so it's two late. So do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays. So it's five days, okay? That when we wake up until three hours into your day, three hours. So for whatever time you wake up, you wake up at six o'clock till nine o'clock. Wake up at eight o'clock till 11 o'clock. Whatever time you wake up for three hours, you don't touch your phone. What do you think about that? But let's try it. Let's see as much of it as we can. Let's see if that's something that we can do. I'm, I'm, I'm planning on doing this because I, I think it'll be an enormous assistance to bringing a level of balance to my day. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcasts.com. Until next time, stay fresh, my friends, and get jiggy with it. Na 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 na, na 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 na.